There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it is Friday on the podcast, and we're certainly thankful for the week the Lord has given us. It's been an off week for the McVeigh family. We got home Monday evening. We head out in the morning, Lord willing. And heading down to Moxville, North Carolina, begin a meeting on Sunday at the Living Waters Baptist Church and uh, go through the following Sunday. Now, if you're interested in services, we'll be at Sunday morning, uh, pretty much from 10 to about 12, 31 o'clock. And then they break. They do not have evening service, but what they do have each night, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. So we hope you're able to be a part of the services. Love to have you uh, at least praying for us. We certainly need the power of God, need the prayers of the saints. Now, the Lord has helped us. The Lord has given us strength this week as we do a quick turnaround and do laundry and mow and weed eat and clean the house and repack. And the Lord has given us gracious children. Our children are very adept at doing a quick turnaround. We certainly thank the Lord for them. So pray for the McVeigh family. Pray for the podcast, if you would. In Psalm 59, where we'll be today, and we're looking at something slightly different in the podcast, something just kind of unusual for me. And I'm going to compare some things with David here, and I'm going to compare it not only to the Christian life, but then we'll see a reflection of Jesus Christ, yet I don't believe this is a Messianic psalm. And I'm going to show how to identify that in the psalm with the Lord's help. And so so what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach a non-Messianic psalm, but I'm going to show you some parallels with Christ in David's life, and then let us also apply that to our own Christian life. Now, this psalm is written because of 1 Samuel 19. The Word of God tells us that in Psalm 59, it says to the chief musician, Altakith, Miktam of David. So again, this is a prayer of David. When Saul sent and they watched the house to kill him. So David is being watched. They're looking to kill David. And this is David's prayer. This is how David pled with the Lord. By the way, we ought to see that Miktam in these psalms. And we ourselves ought to learn how to pray. And uh, we see David prays with an honest heart. Why? Because it's under the inspiration of God. Uh, he hold him in and God spakes their move by the Holy Ghost. And David is praying in the Holy Ghost. And we ought to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. First Samuel 19, in verse 9, there was war again. And David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter. And they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. As he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David, even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. Now, here's where this comes into play. This is where David's prayer is, and it's somewhere in verse 11. Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt shall be slain. So Michael let David down through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. 
somewhere in that night hour, this is David's prayer. And we see that again, it's not a messianic psalm, yet there's so many things that parallel Jesus Christ. There's things we see in Jesus Christ. Why? Because uh, David is going to raise up his seed to sit on the throne of God, and that is, of course, is in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what Peter told us in Acts chapter 2, and that God had covenanted with David. So David had a promise from God. Now, let's just read down through this just a little bit. He says, deliver me from mine enemies, O my God, defend me from them that rise up against me. Now, when he pled with the Lord, David knew he had a promise of God. And because of that promise of God, David knew that God would hear him, and he believed by faith that God would deliver him from his enemies. We find that same promise over in Genesis 32 and verse 11, when Jacob is praying, and he says, deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me, and the mother with the children. Now, what's interesting about that is he tells the Lord, in verse 9, and Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidst unto me, Return to thy country, to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies. And so again, he says the Lord told him he'd deal well with him. So he's not throwing that back at God. He's just moving by faith. Because the Lord told him he would deal well with him. So when he cries to God to deliver him, it's because he believes the Lord will deal well with him. When David cries for deliverance, he believes that God is going to hear him, that God is going to deliver him. Why? Because it's of his seed that he's going to raise up Jesus Christ. Psalm 91, we see a messianic psalm. We see Jesus Christ in that same plight with the deliverance by the promise of God. In verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. That's Psalm 91. Again, interesting, verse 11. Amen. And he says that to keep thee in all thy ways, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And thou shalt tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. So he said that he would deliver him. We see that in Psalm 18 once again. With Messianic Psalm, we've already dealt with quite a few months back. But we'll look at verse, uh, well, we'll look at a couple of verses there in, in Psalm 18. And the reason why is because we see it's not only Messianic, but we see the deliverance. In verse 17, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. In verse 48, he delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Again, we see the deliverance of Jesus Christ. Now, Psalm 119 and verse 170, he tells us according to the word of God. He said on this wise, let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. Why? Because God had made a promise to him, just like he'd made a promise to Jacob, just like he'd made a promise to Jesus Christ. Psalm 143, verse 9, deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies, I flee unto thee to hide me. Now again, the promise of God. So how do the saints of God today pray? We pray that the Lord would deliver us from our enemies. Is that not how we ought to pray at least? Lord, would you deliver us from our enemies, those who would rise up against us? 
Most people pray for the propagation of the gospel to go forth, but in that is deliverance of enemies. If we're delivered unto our enemies, we will not be able to propagate the gospel. We will have no voice for Jesus Christ. We will have no witness for Jesus Christ. And if God would choose to let us die a martyr's death, even in martyrdom, we would have a voice. And so a deliverance of Christ, deliverance, and by the way, it is only by faith. And that's why deliverance from sin comes by faith, believing God, taking God at his word. In verse 2 of Psalm 59, it says, Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. So they're outside looking to kill David. And again, we see parallels with Christ. There's times in the garden, of course, they came to rise up against Jesus Christ. In Pilate's hall, they cried, crucify him. Bloody men, men that wanted death. It's no different for us today. If God would remove his hand from off this nation, from off the police forces, and they would defund the police, they would be killing Christians in the streets. That's why they hate God. They hate the word of God. They hate the saints of God. And so we have prayed for that deliverance from bloody men. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered together against me, not for my transgression, not for my sin, O Lord. So it's not what we've done, but no, it's because they hate him. They hate David. Saul, that evil spirit from the Lord comes upon Saul and he seeks to slay David, throws the javelin, miss him. David has to flee, hides in Michael's house, and they waited outside the house to kill him. And yet she let him down out the window. He's able to escape. Bloody men, deceitful men, lying men. They run and prepare themselves without my fault, awake to help me, and behold. So again, we see this is written over there in 1 Samuel chapter 19. And yet, although I see a few words, deliver and soul, a few of those key words concerning Jesus Christ, I don't necessarily see this as a messianic psalm. I see this as David's plight, but there is also a parallel. And it's not just with Jesus Christ, it's with the saints of God. We're always in danger. We're always in trouble. Our adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That has not changed. Thou therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors, Selah. So he's lamenting the fact that the wicked have been turned against him. And he tells us to stop and think about this because the wicked men are rising up against him. They've transgressed the law of God. And he says to stop and think of this. In verse 6, they return at evening. They make a noise like a dog and go round about the city. What are they doing? They're growling. And by the way, you've been saved any amount of time, had any type of uh, influence with people and any type of uh, public ministrations, you will experience people who will growl. Uh, They will hiss. They will grind their teeth. They will gnash their teeth. They will, will curse you and mutter under their breath. Why? Because they hate God. Men today are full of devils. It hasn't changed in all these years. The legion now is multiplied. That legion is across Many, many people in many, many nations, in many, many cities. We have a town near us that I've been many times going in the city and going to the town and walking through the neighborhoods and heading out tracks and talking to people. And I've had people curse me and people cast spells on me. And that's not any kind of silly exaggeration. It's a town that's under witchcraft, under the bondage of sin. The people, for the most part, so it's not, it was common for people to growl, common for people to grind their teeth, common for people to hiss and to, to want to wage. That's why God has to deliver us. That's why God has to protect us. I'm not trying to make you nervous. It's just the reality of being a saint of God today. They return the evening. They make a noise like a dog. Go round about the city. Behold, they belch out with their mouth. 
Swords are in their lips, for who say they doth hear? But thou, O Lord, shalt laugh at them. Thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. Why is the Lord going to laugh at them? Because they have no power. They think they have power. They think they have power of life in their hands. They have no power over my life. They have no power over your life. They had no power over David's life. God delivered David. And God laughs at them. God has them, the heathen in derision. And why? Because he's a merciful God. And he loves his children. He cares about his children. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee, for God is my defense. I said, God is my defense. The word of God said, God is my defense. Well, people arm themselves to the teeth and buy armored cars and 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 prepare for the day of, of abandonment, prepare for the day of desolation. And they got all the freeze-dried food and they got an arsenal. And they don't realize that the United States government knows they've been buying it, knows they've been stockpiling, knows they have it. So what are they going to do? This is an N1 to M1 tank to your house. And they're going to take your arms and take your food. But God is our defense. And I'm not making light of that. I'm not trying to be funny about that. They have smart bombs that can penetrate 45 yards of concrete and detonate inside of dams and destroy dams. What defense do we have? We have God. People say, well, what is the church doing for uh, renegade shooters? What is the church's plan if there's a shooter? Well, we'll pray. We pray a hedge of protection. We pray before church. We pray during church. We pray after church. We pray God's protection upon the people of God and upon the house of God. And people say, what if you know somebody comes into church with a bomb? We pray. Is God merciful? Is God kind? Is God just? Does God hear? Does God answer? Does God defend his own? Yes, he defends his own. God is our defense. The God of my mercy shall prevent me. God shall let me see my desire upon mine enemies. And it's interesting that statement is made of my desire upon mine enemies. We see that three times in the scripture, in the Psalms, in Psalm 54 and verse 7. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. What is the desire of God? To purge the enemies of God, to destroy the enemies of God. God is going to utterly destroy his enemies. In verse 11 of Psalm 92, he says, Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ear shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. God is going to take care of that. God is going to handle that. God is going to work that out. So again, what do we do? We pray. We pray for peace. We dwell peaceably with all men. Now, he did say as much as lies within us. There are times that you can't dwell peaceably with men, but as much as lies within us. So what do we do? We pray that God will let us dwell in peace. We pray for those in authority that we can have peace. We pray for those in office that we can still have peace in America, that they don't defund the police, they don't defund the army, and that we don't have to defend ourselves. But God is our defense. God is our rock and our shield. But he also uses that authority for our protection. So we pray that God keeps them in place. Psalm 112 and verse 8, his heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. And so God is going to have his way upon his enemies. Slay them not, lest my people forget. Scatter them by the power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride and for cursing and lying which they speak. Consume them in wrath. Consume them that they may not be. And let them know that God ruleth in Jacob unto the ends of the earth, Selah. 
This is not David's complaint. And by the way, some commentaries say things like that. David's not complaining. David is seeking God's mercy. But part of God's mercy is that he destroy his enemies. And by the way, if you were being chased day and night by an enemy, you would ask God to destroy that enemy. And by the way, God did destroy that enemy. God did take care of Saul. God did take care of Ahithophel. God did take care of Absalom. God did take care of Shimei. God did take care of Adonijah, his own son, just like Absalom was his own son. God had his way with David's enemies. And by the way, I'm just throwing this out there, God will have his way with our enemies too. And so you better be careful how you pray for people. You better make sure you pray according to the Holy Ghost and pray in the Holy Ghost and pray according to God's will. At the evening, let them return and let them make a noise like a dog and go round about this city. Let them wander up and down for meat and grudge if they be not satisfied. But I will sing of thy power. So while they're in the streets grudging, while they're in the streets begging for meat, while they're in the streets floundering because God has set them at edge, I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. So many times we see in these Messianic Psalms that we've read before, under the shadow of his wings. What is the shadow of his wings? It's a refuge. It's a hiding place. It's a shelter. It's a safety. And can I say the only safety we truly have in this world is in the Lord. The only protection we truly have in this world is in the Lord. And listen, I've had people on both sides of the fence concerning guns and gun violence and gun safety and right to bear arms and all of that. I thank God for that. If they take away our right to bear arms, the church is in trouble. One of the great amendments for our Constitution is that right for the militia to bear arms. And my friend, you need to bear arms. If we lose that, but God is still our safety. God is our defense. God is our refuge. I could pull out my 45 and try to defend my home with my family. If God doesn't help me, I'm in trouble. And I can get in an altercation and someone try to hurt my family. And again, me go to pull out my weapon. If God doesn't protect me, I'm in trouble. If God's not my safety, I'm in trouble. There's a lot of people relying on guns, relying on ammo, relying on everything but God. And God is first and foremost. And he will not be denied. He will not be rejected. He will not be ignored. But if he is truly your safety, prayer is that avenue to find safety. Prayer is that avenue to find a refuge. Prayer is a way to get close to God and dry not to God. Verse 17, under the oath, my strength will I sing, for God is my defense. He says it again, God is my defense. Amen. God is my defense and the God of my mercy. I do want to thank God that he is our defense. I want to thank God that he is our mercy. Again, not a messianic psalm, yet God is the defense. God is merciful. God does care for his children. Part of the reason I went through that psalm the way I did is to show a parallel. Not only do we see some of the tenets of Jesus Christ in that, how God delivered him from the ungodly, and God also initially turned him over to the ungodly, then delivered him from the ungodly, but he was still his God. We see the faith of Jesus Christ. The reason I drew that parallel is when we look in the Psalms and we see us, we see our plight, we see our condition. We look at David, how God delivered him. Certainly things seemed foul. Certainly uh, death was imminent. Certainly David's destruction was right on hand. But God had a purpose for David. God had a promise he had made to David. And so God has a promise he's made to us. God has a purpose for us. And if we pray, God will deliver. If we'll believe God, he will protect. If we come to God, he is our defense. 
If we'll trust him, he is our refuge. But might I say, friend, God must be first in our lives. Have a great weekend. Pray for the services this weekend. We pray you have a great Lord's Day as well. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed